came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Bada bing, and we are good to go. Well, boys, we're back once again with the podcast from outer space. It's your boy Rob Scott in the house tonight, and I'm sitting across from the effervescent, oh, luminous, if you will, Ryan Scott. Hello, everybody, and thank you, sir. You are far too kind. And you know, I'm thinking of those words because I was going to buy us a bottle of champagne tonight because, you know, it's our <laughs> one-year anniversary. Did you know that? I did not realize that until you had you were texting earlier today and you had said it. One year, guys, our loyal legion. Uh, one year since we dropped the first episode, um, recapping Stranger Things, getting into a lot of Stranger Theories, if you will. So uh, I can't believe it's been that long. It seems like just yesterday we started up at Adam's house. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Oh, oh, where is Teabag tonight? Oh. Oh my gosh, I thought he was right here. He seems to have uh, had more important things to do. That's right, everybody. Uh, tonight. And just what were those important things? <laughs> just what were those better things you had to do, T-Bag? He's not here to defend himself, so we can't shit on him too much, but some personal issues have come up. T-Bag will not be joining us tonight. A little disclaimer for all you T-Bag fans out there. I know there's a lot of them. Um, me and T-Bag got in the studio a while ago and did an episode without Rob, so of now course... it's his turn to be left out. <laughs> of course things happen, things come up, and we've had to leave T-Bag off of this one because we had to drop an episode on the one-year anniversary, and um, I'm, I'm honestly just episode. feeling a little, just a little hurt. I feel oh, like... Uh, absolutely. I feel like a husband that stayed at home, slaving away on a great dinner, <laughs> uncorked a nice you bottle feel of like wine, that. and then my wife just didn't even show up for our fucking anniversary. Yes. Now, a little disclaimer here. So we've never tried to do something like this before. Um, one year anniversary. Now, tonight, we are doing a little, um, uh, what would you say, a little precursor episode, if you will. Um, it's no secret. Okay. The fans have been asking for the it. The fans have been requesting it. We can't keep it a secret anymore. We can't keep it a secret. Next on the dossier, next in the queue, is X-Files. We're doing a three-part series on X-Files. And you may be thinking, as you saw this description, Watergate scandal, hey, what the hell is this? You know, I thought this was a sci-fi um, you know, podcast on fan theories, um, science fiction, aliens, that sort of stuff. What does the Watergate scandal have to do with any of that? I got pretty into the research on X-Files and realized Watergate plays a big part in that and was going to have this as a whole spiel in our next episode, which will be part one of X-Files next week. Get ready. Um, and, you know, tonight with the light that um, T-Bag wasn't going to be able to be on, we figure we'll drop in an entire precursor episode on the Watergate scandal, get into some theories, uh, government deception, uh, you know, the whole nine, a bunch of conspiracies wrapped up in this thing. I mean, honestly, we could sit here right now and talk about Watergate for the next 20 episodes. 
I don't know if we could be that long, but it certainly could be longer than one episode. I'll give you that. That's how in-depth this thing goes. And when I'm doing all this research, so me and Rob figure how we'll get in the studio, one-year anniversary, drop this episode for you guys. Let you know about X-Files coming up. And, you know, in memoriam of our first episode, you know, monkey's out of the bottle, guys. We just want to let you know what's up. Yep. So what's to come? This is a started off as an impromptu Watergate mini episode. Uh, this will be a little history lesson for our younger listeners out there. Maybe a lot of listeners don't know, right? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't know about the Watergate scandal. Maybe it got brushed under the rug with all the history. Maybe. Maybe it's not even in history books anymore. I haven't <laughs> been in a high school in probably 15 years. Yeah, if only Teabag here was here to sum it up. He's mm, a teacher. Weird. <laughs> now, some background, okay? Before we get into the scandal itself, going to hit you guys with some background on old Richard Nixon. Old Dick Nixon himself. Real dick. Uh, elected president in 19... Well, 68, right? Elected in 68. Sworn in in 69. Great year. Um, beat Democrat Hubert Humphrey in the race. Now, before Nixon, it was LBJ who took office. After John F. Kennedy was murked. And um, LBJ was also reelected in 65. So, four more years. Then Nixon gets elected. Nixon actually ran against Kennedy... But lost. Um, little fact that'll come into uh, some of our later theories in here. Um, and, you know, in all this background information, a few important events that happened, <laughs> little minor events that happened. Uh, MLK assassinated in April of 68, and Bobby Kennedy assassinated in June of 68. So Nixon's in the White House uh, since 69, and the year is now 1972. He's up for re-election. So let's put on our time travel caps, transport you back to 1972. Now, this is in short. I mean, this is best as we could sum it up. Um, just like I was saying, you know, we could easily do 10, 20. We could make a whole podcast about the Watergate scandal. But um, this is our summary. So let's get into it. June 1972, five men break into the Democratic National Headquarters at the Watergate Office Complex in Washington, D.C. And just who were these five men? Well, we'll find that out. But um, this is when everything started to unravel. Now, at first, this sort of fades from the papers. You know, hey, break in. Uh, you know, we'll do an investigation. Um, nothing of it. You know, these guys pled guilty. Um, they were sentenced. Uh, there was, you know, a few stories here and there, but it is essentially swept under the rug. And the burglars, you know, they were given short sentences, and Nixon denies any knowledge of this. Uh, he addresses the public. But due to investigative journalism by Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post... A massive conspiracy is uncovered, leading all the way up to the food chain in D.C., and sets in motion the downfall and eventual resignation of the 37th president of the United States of America, Richard Nixon, old dick himself. Now, here's a question, and I'm honestly asking. Okay, what do we got? Do you really think that the journalists are the ones that brought down Nixon, or you think that that was just kind of like a set up no no i think it was definitely like um 
essentially, if it wasn't for these guys, and as we'll find out later, their uh, inside guy, I don't think any of this would have been... Um, I think Nixon would have got off scot-free. Um, it was really them to like kept pushing the story, pushing the narrative that got the whole thing uncovered. Um, and they would have got away with it if it wasn't for those <laughs> damn teenagers. The damn Washington Post. Now, what exactly... You might be asking... What exactly was uncovered? What was uncovered? Well, just what was uncovered? I what, mean, what burglary, what could have happened? What well, was uncovered? What were no, these? Where did they break into? What were they doing there? What were they looking for? DNC breaking in. Uh, so five men is discovered they were working for the committee to reelect the president, also known as Creep. 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 So this whole thing, like the whole matter, the whole like why has never been and will likely never be adequately explained. Now, these creeps, uh, two of whom were ex-CIA, were alleged allegedly planting a bug, planting bugs in the DNC, like tapping their phones and taking pictures of documents, as this was ahead of the 72 election in which Nixon defeated George McGovern by a landslide victory. And just, what were these documents? Well, again, we don't know. Probably we'll never may know. never know. Now, that'll play a significant role. Defeated George McGovern by a landslide. So, the Post reporters had an inside source named Deep Throat. Well, let's back, let's back up on that one. Okay. Deep Cover. Is that not the name they were originally using? Um, deep so, cover operative. Uh, my, to my knowledge, now deep throat, just like in the X Files, um, a uh, inspiration to the X Files. If you yep, will. yep. Um, now deep. Th- maybe this guy was just into deep throat. Yeah, the, he was saying, "Hey, um, Woodward Bernstein." They were saying, "Hey, you know our inside guy. He's deep cover. He's he's got background information. We can't reveal him. You know and." got around to a little joke in the office of the post the editor started referring to this guy as deep throat because that was the popular uh pornographic film at the time which I was a joke was that linda lovelace in that i'm not that old couldn't tell you and honestly i'm not really a fan of vintage pornography let me just confirm um i mean i'll look at a playboy any day of the week but Yep, Linda Lovelace, old Deep Throat, 1972 American pornographic film. Golden Age of Porn. Check that out. But now, Rob, this guy, the editor, this is you. If uh, you were the editor of the Washington Post and some reporters that you were speculative of were saying, hey, we've got a deep guy deep inside. Yeah, we're going to call him Deep Throat. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you're going to be the the forefront of the dick joke there calling him Deep Throat. Yeah, uh, go ahead and go fuck yourself. And you're a little deep throat, too. (laughs) Deep back, more like deep throat. (laughs) What are you guys giving each other? Blowjobs in parking garages? Um, Now, also, so we were saying, influence the X-Files, obviously. Deep throat, just like in X-Files. Now, deep throat has since become revealed, the real deep throat in the whole Watergate scandal has since become revealed as FBI Deputy Director Mark Felt who else is a deputy director that helps our uh, heroes out? Skinner? Hmm. Oof. Coincidence? I think not. Influence for the X-Files yet again. Deputy director helping him out. Now, 
his famous line that came from this whole thing was, follow the money. So reports start looking at the money ties between the burglars, the CRP or the creeps, and Nixon's main campaign. Um, And they find out the burglars were paid in hush money and that the CRP had an entire slush fund in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which was a lot of money at the time, for campaign sabotage and fuckery on their opponents. Now, of course, Nixon denies, but eventually Congress starts looking into this. Um, But, you know, they're hitting dead ends. Everywhere they turn, dead end, dead end, dead end. Sweep it under the rug. A big breakthrough came when it is revealed that Nixon recorded everything he had sound-activated taps in every office of the White House. Now, (laughs) honestly, that's the whole irony of this situation. These very tapes that Nixon had installed are what led to his eventual downfall. And he had them installed because, I mean, Nixon, deeply paranoid guy. And he said, hey, we're going to just start recording everything. Um, And, you know, maybe people can study (laughs) for years to come which obviously they did because Watergate is a huge thing that is discussed um, to this day what an idiot dude absolute fucking moron this guy (laughs) what you don't think that was a good idea honestly I think every presidency should have this that way the public can really find what the fuck's going on in their office that would be great but that's never gonna happen hey it happened with Nixon yeah he's an idiot (laughs) And he got into power because of A1 Bush. Explain what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying the reason I think that he was so paranoid is because he was a little creeped out. Because the Bushes wanted a Bush as his running mate. And he was like, nah, I got this by myself, guys. And if you actually go back and look Prescott. at... Prescott. Yeah. Okay. And if you go, he's like, you know what? You're too old. You're too old. This isn't going to work. And no one's ever going to vote for me because my running mate is some old fucking guy. Okay. And I appreciate the help, but I'm going to pass. And then he was fucking pissed. Even though, Prescott? you know, come down the line, his fucking son and grandson become president. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of fuckery going on there, which we'll get into because, I mean, this thing has ties all the way down the line. Well, I mean, that's a damn tie right to the CIA and the oil industry. Oh, no doubt. So I think that Nixon's all worried, like, oh, I think I got this shit made. But then he's got that guy breathing down his neck, and he knows that's a that guy's more powerful than him, probably. Prescott? Yeah. Old Prescott? Okay. Scary guy is what I've heard. but I mean, <laughs> One of the shit. most uh, evil, diabolical guys in history. We'd probably do a whole episode on him. Maybe we should. Now, All okay. The conspiracy stemming from the damn bushes. Okay, so bushes. the Bush family. So back and to we're not talking baked beans here or beer. So back to Watergate. Um, it's found out that it's exposed that Nixon recorded everything, as he has these taps. So a special prosecutor was assigned to investigate these tapes. Now. If you don't know, a special prosecutor is an authority that can investigate anyone. Um, basically, like he doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't bow to anyone. Like he's uh, he's under no one's rule. Just like this is just like uh, 
Mueller in the Trump investigation going on now. Mueller is the special investigator um, into Trump. And now there's some back and forth um, between the special investigator and Nixon. And uh, this was one story I read on this that was hilarious. He said, like, Nixon was, says to the special uh, prosecutor, he says, okay, we're not going to release the actual tapes because that's, um, like, privacy of the president. That's, like, my right as the president to hold on to these as national security matters. But will you accept transcripts of the tapes written by one of these guys in my office who's hard of hearing? <laughs> Jesus And Christ. so the prosecutor's like, well, no, that's not going to work, Dick. Um, you're going to have to give us the tapes or have the transcripts written by somebody else. Uh, eventually, the special prosecutor sues Nixon for the tapes. Nixon gets scared, and he orders his attorney general to fire the special prosecutor. Uh, the attorney general won't, so he fires the attorney general. Uh, the second-in-command... He won't fire the special prosecutor either. So Nixon fires that guy. And the third guy eventually fires the special prosecutor. This became known as the Saturday Night Massacre. And this right here was basically proof of fuckery. Um, this is where the whole constitutional crisis came into play. And this is where we get the ever-so-famous quote. I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes. But in all of my years of public life, I have never profited, never profited from public service. I've earned every cent. And in all of my years of public life, I have never obstructed justice. And I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. That's where we get the famous I am not a crook line. Only a crook says they're not a crook. <laughs> Let's be honest. Now, right there, I mean, he's blatantly lying. I've never obstructed justice. That has literally proved that he did that. I mean, hey, I'm not arguing. But they do say that history repeats itself. And this is seeming very eerily similar to what's going on in our country right now. Oh, definitely. I mean, tons of articles have been written on the similarities. I mean, if you look at um, Trump's... Now, again, this is why we had to kick out old T-Bag. We're getting deeply political on this one. T-Bag uh, doesn't like to get political. Yeah, that's probably... You think? You think? <laughs> I'm nah, kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we won't go I'm fucking... Um, but no, it's for real. Um, the, the similarities between Trump are ridiculous. I mean... I feel like uh, Trump bases a lot of his actions and um, the way he holds himself as president on Nixon. I mean, think about it. Nixon was very critical of the press. And which is even, I mean, you got to give Nixon some more credit because the press wasn't as polarized as it is nowadays. I mean, you didn't have like Republican Fox News, Democratic CNN. Yeah, like, but you know what I think the similarity is, is was. He was the one that was kind of in the entertainment industry before he became a president, right? No, that was Reagan. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, never mind. Well, um, but I think that Donald Trump was just so used to like being in the limelight and to people doing whatever the fuck he wants. Like that show, The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. 
That was people just basically sucking his dick all day to get a job. And then now when people are critical of him, he doesn't want to take it. Well, yeah, that's um, that's another like thing that um, wh- I think it was Woodward or Bernstein, one of the guys that exposed Nixon um, from the Post was saying, like he wrote a whole article talking about the similarities between Watergate and what's going on now with Trump. And he was saying that basically Nixon realized, hey, I'm screwed. And hey, this is for the betterment of the country if I resign. Trump... He's he his ego is way too big to ever resign. Yeah, I feel like you even if he got impeached, he would still oh. not step down. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of I mean, Clinton got impeached. He didn't step down. True. Um, I think that if the evidence was, I mean, I think even if the evidence was there, I don't think Trump would uh, resign like Nixon. And while Nixon could kind of salvage his career. I don't think that would be the case if uh, Trump is implicated in all this shit now. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, you know, they've implicated so many people that are like closely linked to him. Well, that's what it, that's what this whole thing that is. He, like, didn't. That's what Woodward was saying in the in the um, similarities to Trump is like, hey, Watergate started with their reporting and then slowly trickled out, and you got these top guys that he was connected with that slowly started cracking, and boom, 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 one by one, they took down the whole administration. We're seeing that now. I mean, uh, we've got special prosecutor assigned to investigate, and he's going to go everywhere he can. And Trump even said, like, hey, don't go into our financial records. Like, don't do that. That's areas you don't want to touch. He's saying, fuck you, of course I'm going to go there. This is exactly what Nixon was doing, saying he was using the FBI and the CIA to his advantage to not uh, get caught in the cover-up of this whole scandal. Well, I so, mean, same same concept, basically, because he's fired oh, yeah, people exactly. from the FBI, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yep. Um, I think he, f- he fired the one guy. So, I mean, that's his whole link right there, could be obstruction of justice, just like Nixon. Um, so back to Watergate, I think um, you would look back on that and learn from a exactly that's what they were saying in the, in the uh, article I read that linked all the similarities it was like, uh, he was saying basically Trump's campaign is not familiar with any s- single political scandal in history because they're making all the same mistakes, but back to Watergate and whole, um, so he comes out with the famous, I am not a crook speech. Um, Supreme Court is able to get the tapes released, and these tapes reveal that Nixon knew all along of the burglary, the cover-up, obstructed justice, as the White House attempted to botch the early investigations. And furthermore, the tapes showed that Nixon used the FBI, CIA, and IRS to investigate and prosecute his political opponents and members of the press. So... At this point, it was clear that uh, he would most definitely be impeached. I mean, basically overnight, he lost um, the Republican support, and he would also likely be removed from office. Um, So what does old Dick do? What exactly do you think he does? I have never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. But as president, I must put the interests of America first. 
America needs a full-time president and a full-time Congress, particularly at this time with problems we face at home and abroad, to continue to fight through the months ahead for my personal vindication would almost totally absorb the time and attention of both the President and the Congress in a period when our entire focus should be on the great issues of peace abroad and prosperity without inflation at home. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Vice President Ford will be sworn in as president at that hour in this office. So he resigns presidency. He resigns. And um, overall, uh, the Watergate scandal resulted in 69 government officials being charged, 48 of which were found guilty. Guilty as charged. Now, most of them served, um, you know, around 13 to 19 months in prison. I think the... Longest prison sentence was like uh, four and a half years. Um, George Liddy, um, he was convicted of masterminding the burglary, and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison, served four and a half years in federal prison. Um, also, another big player, E. Howard Hunt. Um, this guy was huge spy. Um, a lot of people say Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, based off this guy's life, as he has connections to also the JFK assassination that he took to his grave, uh, convicted of, sentenced to 35 years in prison, served 33 months. Wow. Now, and I mean, obviously, these were probably like good fella prisons. You know, these guys are making fucking... Uh, Hey, we're making uh, veal over here and spaghetti and meatballs. You know, you got the breadsticks? I'm uh, I'm shaving the fucking onions with a razor blade over here. Hey, I got the freaking mozzarella. <laughs> These guys are probably in some wise guy prison, um, you know, and so, and and they basically all get off with it. And and you might be saying, um, surely Nixon, Nixon of all people, um, he was punished for his actions, right? Nope. I mean, he served time, um, house arrest at the least, right? A slap on the wrist. Well, maybe a slap on the dick. Here's what happened to Nixon. Now, therefore, I, Gerald R. Ford, President of the United States, pursuant to the pardon power conferred upon me by Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, have granted, and by these presents do grant, a full, free, and absolute pardon unto Richard Nixon for all offenses against the United States which he, Richard Nixon, has committed or may have committed or taken part in during the period from July 20, 1969, through August 9, 1974. He gets a full part. So he gets off scot-free, pardoned by Gerald Ford, lives out the rest of his days right up there in Orange County, California. Now, what do we think of that? Classic. 
Nixon getting off? Oh, he was getting off, I bet. Now, a lot of people say that this was one of the riskiest uh, and bravest moves Gerald Ford made as president because uh, essentially the reasoning behind this was, hey, look what happened when Watergate came out. We had entire Congress and Senate given all their attention to this scandal, and that was before he was even impeached. Imagine if he was impeached. Uh, the whole country would have been focused on this. I'm just pardoning this motherfucker and we're moving on from it because we've got a lot of other issues to get to in this country. Or maybe, you know, he has ties to it. He's trying to, you know, cover his own ass. Oh, so you're well, thinking right-hand he just, man, right? Vice Prez. And he just says, hey, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a I combination mean, okay, of both. Think about it like this, though. All the people closest to Nixon are getting in trouble for this shit. And then you think they're not eventually going to get down the line to Ford? So mm-hmm. he was probably like, hey, you know, whatever I had to do with this, let's just pardon this motherfucker. Stop it right there. And no one's going to find out what I did, if I did do anything. If he did, we'll never know. Because there's two trains of thoughts, in my opinion. Okay. So it's either that... Two separate trains. Two trains. Running down the track. <laughs> All right, so we got two trains chugging along. And what are they saying? Train one. So train one is saying Richard Nixon was, in fact, responsible for Watergate scandal. And not only was he doing dumb shit like breaking into the DNC, but he had a whole rap sheet of criminal activities that he's doing out of the White House. Oh, without uh, question. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was basically proven like Watergate was not, it was like Deep Throat said, Watergate's the tip of the iceberg. Um, it's like, you think this was the first time he did illegal shit? No, they had an entire fund of campaign money going towards illegal shit. I mean, that was one of the biggest things in this case. They found out that they wrote, like, uh, they would write notes on, like, Democratic people's letterheads. Like, they wrote a note about this one guy saying he was, like, uh, the bastard father. He was, like, the bastard father of some kid to a prostitute. There was a lot of um, prostitution, like, ties to the Democratic Party that came out of this, um, all this illegal stuff. And they would just, like, do classic shit like this to kind of knock off because it um what who was the guy he beat with a by a landslide uh mcgovern yeah yeah it was like um i think one of deep throat's lines was like you think like they planned out to have him run against mcgovern they wanted him to run against mcgovern because they knew he would win so they're fucking axing all these other potential candidates and i mean this shit still goes on to this day look at the dnc the emails coming out that conspired to have bernie sanders kept out of the race who likely would have beat trump and um oh he's just swept under the rug by the dnc um Weird. who gives it to hillary yeah i mean this shit still goes on to this day I mean, nothing's been fixed you know now what's train two on that thought so that's train one that you know he actually in fact is a crook was a crook complete, well yeah that's proven complete dickhead so train one that goes to its destination that's proven now train two is that there was 
some underlying people in power that didn't agree with Richard Nixon and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know Watergate was kind of some bullshit setup mm-hmm. like oh let's just slap yep. these guys on the wrist oh. get Nixon out of power put in yep. a guy that's just going to be our little fucking puppeteer yep now this Gerald is Ford, a big perfect uh, guy for that because guy didn't do shit really I mean can you name one thing that Gerald Ford is known for besides taken over after nixon resigned well i mean you and me uh it's no secret we're a bit uh too young to remember a little bit uh just just a little bit uh just shy of a little bit to remember Shade under a decade <laughs> to remember the whole uh scandal but no i mean i don't uh, i wasn't alive in that time period i don't know anything Gerald Ford did i don't even really know that much that nixon did aside from researching this um but train two there's a lot of people on that train. That holds some water, too. Because, I mean, we're going to get into that in our theories. Now, would it be a water gate? Uh, no, not necessarily a water gate. More <laughs> like a water balloon. Now, all that being said, Nixon hands over the tapes. We're back to the official story. This is the official water gate. Nixon hands over the tapes. Boom. He's been um, basically proven that he knew about it. Because the whole thing was like, what did the president know and when did he know it? Mm. I mean, I personally like to go with the uh, Forrest Gump. That Forrest Gump actually is the one that's responsible. He called it in. He's responsible for finding it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, but all that being said, all seriousness, um, there is an 18 and a half minute gap in the tapes that were turned over, um, which no one has ever explained. And it is said that Nixon himself erased them. There was a story that the secretary accidentally erased them. And I think they like went back and said, okay, show us how you accidentally did this. And she was like, and it was like basically bullshit. Like there's no way she could have accidentally erased these. So she's just listening to all of them and was like, oh, whoops. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's just like, uh, fuckery sort of thing um but nonetheless the theory gains traction that nixon erased them himself but given that he turned over these tapes nixon himself is like hey all right you can have the tapes okay all right you got me um he knew he was fucked and these tapes contain proof of multiple cases of bribery perjury using federal agencies for personal gain, and obstructing justice. Oh, that's funny. I thought he never obstructed Mm. justice in his public life. Well, turns out he had. Hmm. Now, given all that, what could have been that bad that he had to destroy it? (sighs) Prostitution ring, human trafficking, sex scandal... I don't think so. Banging whores, banging kids. No, 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 no. no. I'm thinking money laundering. Nope, not even that. Because I mean, someone Ronald Reagan was laundering shit, and look what happened to him. He's fine. Um, (laughs) We will likely never know. He's actually dead. I think what was so bad, but I think it has something to do with JFK connection. You think so? But you know. So you think that he's not even the one that erased it? Maybe someone else did. Who knows? I mean, real quick. I don't um, know. 
why he thought it was a good idea to bug his own office. Okay. All right. Well, here, let's get into that now. Let's get into some of the theories. Now, real quick on the whole why. You know, why do they do this? Um, what was another big incident that spawned uh, government mistrust? Happened almost 10 years prior to this. This was in 72. Mm-hmm. Al- almost mm-hmm. 10 years prior to 72. What happened that people questioned the official narrative on? Probably bigger, arguably bigger than 9-11. Bigger than 9-11? Yeah. Oh, there's two conspiracies? JFK assassination. That was 62? That was 63. So well, JFK... You threw me off. You said 10 years. I said almost 10 years. Okay. JFK assassinated. Now, it is under the belief of some that the people who are responsible for having JFK murked, which ultimately put LBJ into power because JFK wouldn't go into Vietnam, which was from 64 to 74. Are, oh, so close. Now, these people are also responsible for orchestrating the downfall of Nixon. So this is your second train. In order to stop him from pulling the troops out of Vietnam, which he did two years into his presidency. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) Now, honestly, what do we think about that? Is there some shadow orchestrating government that's kind of um, got their fingers on the buttons here? Yeah, it's called the CIA. I mean, it's no secret. Project MKUltra. It's from 67 to 73. Yeah, Those same years. I feel like the Vietnam War is only, and we're going to say this again, tip of the iceberg. In regards to? JFK. Okay. I think there's multiple reasons that people didn't want him in power. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it is also connect. There's a, there's a bunch of theories, some of which are connected to organized crime. And a big one in regards to JFK and Watergate. So you look at JFK assassination, Watergate, and Bobby Kennedy's assassination, all of which there's like a key member from an organized crime family involved in all of them. And it happened within 10 years of each other. Well, yeah. I mean, look at... In a row, pretty much. Again, look at it. Think about it. JFK against the mob, wouldn't go into Vietnam. He gets murked. Bobby Kennedy was up for office. He would have ran against Nixon. Probably would have won. Oh, no. Uh, and you think Bobby Kennedy's just going to sit back and be like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I found out who murdered my brother and I'm going to do nothing about it. Of course, he would have been read into all that if he was made president. You think the people that murked Kennedy are going to sit back and let his little brother become president? I don't think so. Murk him off. Nixon gets into the office. He's not playing. Uh, he's not um, going along with uh, the puppetry. Boom! They he's orchestrate pull the strings. Like they orchestrate want. a uh, campaign to get him out of there. But we got to look at it as why would they murk off two people and let Nixon go scot free? Because he's in on the organized crime with them. Well, that's arguable. It's all speculative. They said, "Hey." You don't want to end up like JFK, then you're going to get the fuck out of here. I mean, uh, it actually is. I mean, look into it, man. Um, <laughs> JF, look into it. 
JFK assassination. Actually, check this out. I have out. looked into that, and I think that it's bullshit. All right. Now, what about... I saw the damn rifle. I saw the viewpoint. Now, okay. Here we go. What is your theory? You don't believe in the official narrative. No. So, do you think that there was a second shooter? I don't even think that there was... I don't even think that Oswald was the shooter. So, you think... Oswald was a fall guy, but the shoot there was only one shooter from the grassy knoll. You think he was on the knoll, not the depository? I mean, if he was on the depository, he had to have a super high power rifle. Mm, that's debatable. I mean, I've been there. We've both been there. I, I think I can make that shot with the rifle that uh, Oswald had. <laughs> think so? Oh, dude, it's not even that far. I mean, you know, when you see it in all these, like, documentaries and everything, you're like, there's no way. There's no way, man. But then when you go there and you look at it, you're like, it's right there. He was right over top of it. Moving target, though, bud. Well, expert marksman. Ever he heard was of not an expert. I think he was. I think that's what the shills want you to believe. Marine Corps. Okay, to each his own. <laughs> okay, so you think that there was a different shooter, not Oswald? Yeah, I mean, who knows where it actually came from, but okay. I don't think that he was the guy. Okay, now do you think... Or if he was the guy, then he was... They were like, hey, look, we need you to do this for us. And then they just fucked him. Yeah, I mean, I, that's another thing. We could do a whole three parts on that. We're probably um, doing more than that. Right? Oh, you do a three-part. We're not going to sit here all night talking about the JFK assassination. Yeah, but what is actually crazy and what is like under? Um, I mean, JFK is obviously like the biggest one. Like that's uh, arguably bigger than nine eleven. Would you say? Mm, I guess I think a lot of. I just feel like there's so much more to, like, the whole Roswell crash. And nine eleven, like there's so many more factors. You think there's more there, like so you the JFK think there's thing is just like, was it Oswald? Was it someone else? And why did they want to do it? Like, so you think there's more credible evidence um, that nine eleven was an inside job and Roswell was aliens than JFK was taken out by the CIA? I no, I mean I think that there's definitely more evidence pointing towards the fact that JFK was not assassinated by some like one-off fucking uh, uh-huh. pissed-off guy that uh-huh. it was actually an inside job. But I think that if you actually look at all the evidence in 9-11, that's, I feel like they're kind of like neck and neck. I don't think one's bigger than the other. Come on. You got to pick one. You got to go with one. So you're... Like, which one am I 100% convinced on? Yes. I would say 9-11. <sighs> Man. Honestly, I think the magic bullet is more convincing that there's fuckery than Tower 7. You're crazy for that one. I do. I honestly do. And I think that JFK, there is definitely more convincing evidence there. I mean, we'll get into that. We'll get into that on a whole conspiracy episode. Just look into it, man. Just uh, watch a video of a controlled demolition. (laughs) And then, <laughs> okay, all right, we're not turning this into a 9 11 episode. Um, now, and then look but, who's tied oh, to that, and then look oh, who's tied to that, <laughs> Dick Cheney. No, well, I was gonna say George Bush, but no, dude, George Bush, 
is a puppet. He didn't have, dude, George Bush oh, campaigned God. his entire election on education. I'm not saying that he's a fucking mastermind behind it. I'm just saying he's linked to it. His fucking grandpa's linked to the Nixon thing. His grandpa's linked to the fucking JFK. No, thing. I don't. I, all right, we'll get into this on. We'll save that for the 9 11 episode, okay? We're doing a 9 11 episode. We're doing a 9 11 episode, but we're going to save that for that because I've got a lot of compelling evidence that points to Dick Cheney more than George W. Bush. Well, yeah, I'll agree with you there, but I just think that it's interesting that okay. that whole family is full of fuckery. All right, so back to the topic at hand. What I think is more compelling. Um, and a lot of people don't look into this stuff. Uh, what were the two guys we named at the top of this episode? Assassinated. JFK and MLK? No, MLK and Bobby Kennedy. April of 68, June of 68. Now, both of their assassinations, there's some fuckery afoot. Um, honestly, Bobby Kennedy... You could almost say is there's more fuckery going on there than uh, John Kennedy. A lot of people don't know about this one. But, um, you know, it's no secret. JFK, um, he's murked off. Uh, there's tons of evidence against this. Now, another big one, Martin Luther King. Big proponent of peace. American civil rights leader. Um, he was shot on the second floor balcony of the motel in Memphis, Tennessee. In April of 68. Again, we've been to the motel. Now We've been there? Shit. Our whole cross-country trip to uh, California is basically a big conspiracy theory. (laughs) It's just people getting murked. Now, just like Kennedy, King, he... uh, Oh, by the way, all of this is cited from an article on globalresearch.ca. This was published uh, this year by Elizabeth... Woodworth, um, some good research here. She ties these three together um, in a way that, you know, really makes you question the official narratives of these things. So just like Kennedy, King had launched a nonviolent campaign against the Vietnam War. Um, And it's no secret, King was even being monitored. This has come out. Have you ever heard of this? Um, Co-Intel Pro? So Co-Intel Pro. Look into this, man. Look this up. This is not a fucking conspiracy theory. This is a proven conspiracy counterintelligence program from 1956 to 1971. This was a series of covert and illegal projects that were conducted by the FBI, and they were aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic political organizations. Now, I mean, these things were aimed at everything. They were monitoring Martin Luther King. They were monitoring Malcolm X, the Black Panther Party, feminist organizations, um, even the Ku Klux Klan. Um, These guys were using tactics to, uh, you know, launch... um, They used, like, inner guys to launch, like, um, violent protests. And these guys were fucking monitoring... MLK. I mean, I think it's really crazy. And I think the fact that, you know, I guess, well, I can't really speak to it because I wasn't really alive back then, but I feel like back then there wasn't a lot of people putting the pieces together. Oh, 100%. Now, King's, check this out for even more fuckery and things you might not have known. King's, uh, do you know who assassinated uh, MLK? The CIA. <laughs> 
the official narrative. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the fucking guy. James name. Earl Ray. This guy, James Earl Ray, um, he confessed to King's murder, but then re- retracted his statement, pled guilty to avoid the death penalty, but then said, no, I didn't do it. There was fuckery afoot. Now, I did not know this. In 1999, King, his own family, um, they filed a civil wrongful death suit on behalf of Ray. And this case called 70 witnesses. And after 30 days of hearing evidence that had never been presented in a court of law, the jury exonerated Ray, saying he was innocent. This guy had nothing to do with it. They tied it to a conspiracy that King was murdered by the CIA. So it's like a reverse OJ trial. Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, the King family, like, uh, I think one of MLK's sons literally went and visited him in prison, was like, I want to ask you this face-to-face, like, did you kill my father? And he said no, and he believed him and was like, Boom, they open up this whole case and it's found out that he's got information linking this to the CIA. Um, and they say, hey, you know, um, this is not the case. This was in 99 and this is basically just swept under the rug. Only one reporter like covered. It always fucking Yep, is. only one reporter covered the trial in depth and this reporter was fired and had attempts against his own life. Um, and basically this was just lost to history. Everyone's like, oh, it was some crazy racist guy that killed him. Okay. Everybody knows this when no, it wasn't. One of my favorite quotes in regards to, uh, the King assassination, um, Martin Luther King's friend and colleague, James Bevel puts it this way. There is no way a 10 cent white boy could develop a plan to kill a million dollar black man. Basically, right off the bat. Now, furthermore, Senator Robert F. Kennedy. Mm. Um, R.I.P. June of 68, shot three times while leaving um, the stage of the Ambassador Hotel Ballroom in L.A. Um, and he had just won California uh, for the Democratic primary election the day before. And apparently, the official narrative is it was this guy, Sirhan Sirhan. Um, Is that even a real name? It's got a double name. (laughs) Most eyewitnesses report Sirhan as he was walking towards Kennedy. And apparently the official narrative is Kennedy turned away and he shot him. And he had eight bullets in his gun. Some say they heard 12. There's a lot of fuckery of this. Apparently there was two bullet holes found in a door near this cabinet. And there's photos of police pointing to these. They removed the whole door and take it into evidence, and later when they like reopen the case, LAPD, what did they do with that door? What do you think they did with that door? Threw it away. Destroyed it. Oh, weird. Hmm. So it's protocol to destroy evidence? Hmm. Never would have thought of that. Huh. Destroy the evidence. So um, that can't be corroborated. And uh, furthermore, there's another eyewitness who says... She saw this lady running down the stairs saying, hey, we shot him, we shot him. Moments before she heard the panics, lady in a polka dot dress, um, eyewitnesses Classic. are like, polka dot dress. hey, hey, we can't find this lady anywhere. They've never been able to find this lady. Another guy says no, he talked to this no lady. No cameras in the area? Nope. There was no video footage of this one. A lot Nowhere? of fuckery. Yep. And furthermore... 
not only the eight bullets in Sirhan's gun, they hear 12, you know, that's all, all a little weird. Also, Kennedy has, um, like, what do you call it? Gunshot residue on his jacket and his ear. Now this means that whoever shot him had to be, boom, put the barrel right up. Yeah. Right up to the point blank, point blank if you will. Everyone's saying Sirhan was at least three feet away. No one is saying he was right by him. Um, ton of reports, a uh, lot of fuckery in RFK. I mean, check it out. Actually, there's an entire podcast, the RFK tapes, that goes into all of this. Um, check it out. It's, it's a great podcast. But um, I'll have to check that out. In each case, there was eyewitness accounts that were left out of the official narrative. Um, each case supposes a lone gunman. However, that is that has since come into um, contention in all cases, King, JFK, and RFK. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, this is basically uh, each case masked by um, propaganda from the government and um, we'll likely never know the truth of any of these cases. I mean, we've got JFK documents still coming out to this day, you know? You're crazy for that one. So, I mean, yeah, some could say, you know, this was tied to Nixon. Um, I don't think, like, Nixon's administration really murked these guys. I think it was more of, like, we were talking about some shadow government has their... Um, hand on the button so to speak Definitely. Um, they're kind of pulling strings from behind i mean we're I never going to know these guys it's hard names. to not believe that honestly when you look at oh, the evidence i mean definitely um furthermore as i was talking about earlier mk ultra some people believe that sirhan sirhan was under the um what like a manchurian candidate um the ancient mystical order of rose crucis a-M-O-R-C, as it's known. Um, I mean, he was, like, deeply into this, into hypnotism before the assassination. You're hypnotized. And he's to this day, claims he has no recollection of the assassination. And they've even done, like, um, deep, like, regressive meditation techniques on him. And he just goes in. He goes fucking crazy. I mean, they, they released all these tapes on it. Real fucking crazy. Look into all that shit. Furthermore... Allard K. Lowenstein, he was one of uh, RFK's friends. And he said there's no way this was some government conspiracy. Didn't believe it. But has since come to believe in the conspiracy. Question the official narrative. Guess what happened to him? Oh, let me guess. He's dead. Oh, hmm. Uh, 1980. March of 1980. Age 51. He was shot in his Manhattan office by a mentally ill gunman. And, um, hmm, who else died in uh, 1980? Real famous guy, uh, 1980. Hmm. Hmm. They opened up a file on him. Richard Nixon and Hoover opened up a file on this guy back in their administration years. Interesting. An FBI file, which led to a cover-up. Documents didn't get released until 2011. John Lennon, shot in 1980. Also by a hmm, mentally ill guy. Weird. <laughs> That's just so weird. 
We got all these mentally ill guys running around shooting, shooting these uh, prominent people who in are in New York, who are hmm, questioning the government and doing investigations into uh, the official narratives. Weird. Oh, that's just <laughs> that's just so strange. But hey, hey, there's there's absolutely no way the government's involved. There's right. no way the government's involved. Couldn't be involved. Wouldn't wouldn't be. Honestly. Yeah. Real interesting. Hmm. Lot of fuckery going on in the U.S. government, and all of this, most notably the Watergate scandal, was witnessed by none other than a young Chris Carter. Says his political views and opinions about government and people in government were heavily influenced by Nixon's downfall. And Chris Carter, who is that, you may ask? He was responsible. For the creation of none other than the X-Files. And that is where we will pick up next week. We are going to get into our three-part series on the creation of the X-Files. One of the most prominent shows of the 1990s. And there you have it, folks. I mean, you know, look into all this stuff. Um, feel free to send us your theories, your thoughts on any Questions, of this. Questions, comments, concerns. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're definitely going to get into some more in-depth conspiracy episodes. But, you know, just had to throw this out there as a year anniversary episode for you guys. Um, thank you so much for supporting us throughout the last year. And plenty more where that came from. And, you know, as always, feel free to slide in those DMs, Instagram, podcast from outer space, or hit us up on the old email, podcast from outer space at gmail.com. Uh, you know, just as we mentioned, any questions, concerns, you got an idea that you want to hear an episode on, shoot us whatever you're, whatever's on your mind and you know while you're at it send us your address and we'll send you some pretty cool stickers yep and um yeah we actually got a few requests by way of conspiracy episodes so we've got a bunch of fan requests in the queue uh we're gonna get together work on some episodes for those those are coming up stay tuned for those and um other than that um x-files next week guys three-parter um be sure to subscribe and uh, five-star review on iTunes. And um, other than that, so long and thanks for all the fish. Kim soldiers and Nixon's coming. We're finally on our own. This summer I-